noite esperei na lua crescer Brincadeira boa, sentei Espirrei na tua, gripei Por ficar ao léu, resfriei Você me agradou, me acertou Me miseravou, me aqueceu Me rasgou a roupa e valeu E jurou conversas de Deus Arranjou Sean, I think I told you that this was going to be my summer of bossa nova. So delicious. This was going to be my summer of samba. I don't pretend to be one of those well-dressed guys who's like space-age bachelor pad. But I'm telling you, when you get in the mood and it's the right thing, and if you've had a hard day, you've had a stressful day, mm-hmm. maybe a stressful life, these things happen. Man, just a little well-placed background music. Something that most people would relegate to elevator music. There's a place there, man. There's a safe place there. I like loud music. I love to fucking rock. My favorite band is Queens of the Stone Age. But Babel, Gilberto. Oh. And you know what? Musical talent doesn't always transcend the generations. But her mother is the legendary Astrude Gilberto. Oh. Where's she from? I don't know. Heaven? Argentina? Heaven, I think. Heaven? I think heaven. Oh. Or, I don't know, Elysium, the Happy Hunting Grounds? I'm not <laughs> sure. I honestly don't know. You're South America somewhere, yeah. but I don't know the actual answer to the question Beautiful. you're asking right Beautiful there. Beautiful song. <sighs> Time for episode 270 of The Brian Oak Show here in the Smart Start MN Studios. Let's get our business out of the way first before we talk to our guest for what might be the last time forever, because he's leaving us. How dare he? But here's the deal. I know he's going to be back. This guy is way too ubiquitous. I know I've not seen the last of today's guest, who's been a guest on the show before. We'll talk more about him shortly. First and foremost, Smart Start MN. They are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? You drink, you drive, you lose your license, you fucked up. But it doesn't mean that your life is over. You have to get your life back on track. Hopefully you learn your lesson. You're like, whoa, I need to get things back in line, back going the right way, doing what it's supposed to do. The best way to do that, especially when it comes to getting back into your vehicle, is with Smart Start MN. They will get you back into your vehicle due to the ignition interlock technology much sooner and for a much more reasonable rate than you might otherwise ever expect. Yeah, go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. Also, thank you to uh, the good people at Moxie Wealth Management, in particular, Joe Burgess and his entire crew. What do they do? Well... You are moving along, right? You're chugging along. You're like, I got a Roth. I got a 401k. I got a whatever. I got a little money in savings. But you need to make proper plans to be able to retire, right? I mean, you man, yeah. managing your wealth is different than just saving. I mean, it's, there's a whole thing about living in debt or living in asset and financial things that I cannot begin to understand. But if you've been making your plan, you have been working in that direction, you owe it to yourself to get a hold of Joe and his crew at Moxie. Yeah, so it's cool because he does something that a lot of other places, they don't, he doesn't just do uh, you know, handling of a portfolio. He has a team of people, so he quarterbacks... The whole thing where he'll have a tax planner. It's not him. He doesn't do tax planning. He has an estate planner, so he's got an attorney involved that can do that part of it. And it's kind of a one-stop shop. And this is, like you said, it's for people that you've been doing this for years. Maybe you haven't heard from your financial planner in a couple of years, <laughs> which, by the way, we are in that category. I'm like, when's the last time we heard from that guy? 
But you're looking. Because he, he's just sitting there counting your money. Yeah, and you're doing. looking at this point in your life and going, do we have enough? Do we do we have enough where we can actually retire and not work when we go to retire? But uh, get a hold of Joe at Moxie Wealth Management. It's moxiewealthmanagement.com. It is. You'll find a button right there where you can click. Communicate with him directly. Mention that you heard about him on the Brian Oak Show. And a reminder that Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. North Star Resource Group is independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. So I just want to check in real quick before we hear a song and talk to our guest today. You good? I am, man. I'm just tired. I had a really long, awesome real estate weekend, but it was working every day, all day. Uh, it's very nice, but man, am I tired. I'm so, I'm two days, I, like, I almost feel hungover, like that type of feeling. That's literally like, I yeah. got, I went to bed last night at 7.30. I got yeah. eight full hours of sleep, yeah. and when I woke up this morning, I felt like I had been in a shovel fight. <laughs> like, it was it was not, I, I just am not in the mood for today, but yeah. I am in the mood for our next guest. We're going to talk to him shortly. He's everyone's favorite punk rock, punk rock librarian. Oh, maybe not anymore. He retired, didn't he? Oh, retired. I guess now he just has to settle for punk rocker. But also the guy who literally has gone to more shows, I was going to say in the last year, but really... Ever. Uh, more, I've been to a tremendous number yes. of shows. I don't have anything near the level of dedication that our next guest has to shows. And we'll talk to him coming up very shortly. But I wanted to hear this song first. Like I mentioned... I've been having a weird couple of days, like nothing truly terrible has happened. Do you ever do that thing? Like, I don't know if I'm going through the change or if I just finally have my menopause (laughs) or finally like I'm finally having the proper emotional breakdown. But do you ever, as a grown man in your fifties, feel like an emo teenager and you're like, Oh yeah, and music can take me one step lower. Too, well, no, nice. not lower. No, no, no. So, for me, it can. It can actually take me down well, even it can, more. But like when I, I, I don't go emo often. Usually, yeah. I'm fairly upbeat, ready to work hard, sure. ready to do my thing, looking for something to pump me up. But every once in a while, you kind of want to wallow in it. Yeah, that's and that's precisely <laughs> why I picked this song right here. And I hope people listen to it because I love the lyrics. It's extremely nostalgic. And well, if you're feeling emo, go ahead and grab some Kleenexes. Here is Stereo Phonics with Dakota on the Brian Oak Show.
50s and still have an emo afternoon. Welcome to the Brian Oak Show, episode 270 here in the Smart Start MN studios. I want to thank everybody, by the way, who's ever been a member of Patreon. We picked up a couple of new Patreon members this last week, by the nice. way. Nice. And what that means is they will be joining us free of charge because it's the least we can do for you. You know, early on when we started this podcast, our hope was to once every one to two months do a live show that was a uh, thank you to the people who believed enough in what we do here to welcome them in to a show. Also inviting any previous guests, things like that. Um, we believe in music and we believe in this community and we wanted to make sure that we were able to provide music or some sort of reward for people who were doing the Patreon thing. Of course, COVID fucked that all up beyond potential recognition what foobar fucked up beyond yes. recognition yeah. thank you i just want to make sure yeah, i had all my right military acronym going on there um and now we are back in fact we are just over a week away from our very next patreon event yeah it'll be thursday the 22nd and we'll do doors at six the music with trailer trash will be at 6 30 That'll wrap, wrap her up around uh, 7.30-ish, and we'll be out of there by 8. So It's at the Hook and Ladder. Yeah, at the Hook and Ladder, just on uh, Minnehaha and Lake Street in South Minneapolis. Should be a super fun event, um, you know, back in their mission room, which is where we did our show with Annie and the Bang Bang a while right. back. But really excited for this show. It was really nice of Nate to get the whole crew together uh, to, to do this show for us. We do pay the band. Of course. Um, people, it's a free free concert for our listeners, for the Patreon members, I should say, uh, and our invited guests. But uh, yeah, please become a Patreon member. If you've not uh, been a member before, just go to patreon.com slash the Brian Oak Show. Or right? Brian Oak Show. I think that, yeah, you'll find it. I, yeah. It's hard. You know, if you type in Patreon Brian Oak Show, it will take you to the place you need to go. And again, we're not asking you to break the bank. I realize no. this is just a podcast, right? But if you like, I'll throw three bucks a month at that, 10 bucks a month at that, sure. 20 bucks a month, whatever you feel comfortable with, we are going to do everything in our power moving forward to make sure this becomes a routine, regular, a regular thing that we do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, because it's fun to go see live music. Speaking of, uh, our next guest has been a guest on the show twice before. Is that right, John? I think three times. Three times yeah. before. Is this number four? Yeah, because the one time I came with all, along with Annie, oh, and then I did right. two by myself. So that might put you as the first four timer on the Brian Oak show. He might just be the first. You've four got time. a. I think you got a couple others. Uh, not four timers, man. Oh. Maybe three timers. Like Katie Vernon, I think three. Sarah Morris, yeah. maybe three. 
Colleen Cruz? Colleen Cruz, I think, oh, might be well, four. No, I mean, when I went to treatment, she was here for a month yeah, in yeah, a row. That's so, true, I mean, yeah. that, but that's a different thing, all right? Yeah. Until I go back to treatment, that's with an asterisk right there. John Copeland is our guest today. He is everyone's favorite skydiving punk rock librarian from the Twin Cities. Also the man who, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not utilizing hyperbole. I literally don't know one other human being that goes out to see more live music than you. But before we dive into all that special, wonderful silliness, hello, John. How are you? Hey, I'm, I'm doing real good. I mean, you're going through yeah. a pretty big period of transition in your life, right? I mean, you're moving out to Vermont. You just retired. I know that you're not done working for the rest of your life, but you just retired from, you know, all of the, 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 the toil you executed in the library sciences, which is no small feat. But it hasn't slowed you down from seeing music at all. So given that you have music as a staple and given that you are going through some pretty serious changes, I mean, you're about to leave Minnesota forever in two days, right? Uh, tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow morning. Oh, so, to- okay. wow. so, I mean, and by forever, I know you'll come back and visit, but your home now moves somewhere else as your family is already out in Vermont. How are you holding up with all the weird turmoil and change? Because you've been bouncing all over the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing real good. It's uh, it's exciting because I get to go back and forth and see all the music and all that kind of stuff. But I'm pretty much ready for it to be over. I'm pretty ready to finally, a week from today, be back in Vermont for good, except for, like you said, visits and stuff like that, and really try to totally settle into my life there. Because I was there for a month this past summer. Mm-hmm. And I started getting settled, but I knew I had to leave again. And, you know, so, yeah. But I mean, so, but overall, you feel good about things. Like, I mean, I know that you love it here. I know that you've loved what you've done here. But Vermont, what's the appeal in Vermont? Why are you going to Vermont? Well, that's where my wife's family is from. Like, she, uh, basically, when she went off to college is when her parents moved to the place that we have now inherited okay and so we've been visiting there for i've been visiting there for over 30 years and you know it just so happened that like her her mother died unfortunately and then her father hooked up with uh, another woman whose husband had died and they and ended up moving in with her a couple miles away okay so we said you know the place is ready you can you can move in and it took us a couple years to kind of plan it all and everything but uh what's the appeal of vermont like uh, for people like i have spent precious little time in new england almost none what do you love about vermont why are you excited about heading out there just um, i mean mostly the uh, natural beauty i mean it just out in nature it's so beautiful there. are you out on a farm are you out in a remote location are you in the suburbs where are you at in vermont yeah it's way out in the country there's like the nearest neighbors you know a mile or a half mile down the road wow we've got like a a huge property 260 acres or something we've got our own pond we've got fields we've got barns um and it's beautiful at night you can go outside and see like all the stars there's no yeah and there's just so much natural beauty and we've got a huge garden my wife Westy has been like just totally harvesting, loving yeah. the garden and and all the other things about it. Yeah, it's just it's now. See to me, Sean, what he just described sounds like the opening of a horror film out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> no one around, no one to save you, nothing, nothing can save you. But I know that that's not what it's like out there. I've spent plenty of time in rural areas, and for me, what you just described about the nighttime sky. It's my number one reason I love the Boundary Waters. I love camping. I love paddling. I love getting away from everything. 
But when you lay there at night and can actually see the Milky Way and there's no light pollution and it's you and the universe, it's one, to me, that's church. That's one of the greatest things I've ever known. Oh, yeah. It's it's just absolutely astounding. So we've talked many times in the past. You've executed your toil in the library sciences at a high level for a long time and done some really great things. Are you certain the people who are going to be filling your rather sizable shoes are going to be up to the task of what you've done so far? (laughs) <laughs> I have no idea. You know, I'm sure they'll hire they'll hire good people. I don't know. <laughs> He's good. I don't care. He's like, I'm good. I'm going to Vermont, bitch. That's <laughs> yeah. what I just heard John say right there. Well, I got over 38 years in. Yeah. I started in 83 at the library and right. wow. took, took a few leaves of absence, like one to get my library degree and blah, blah, blah. But my years of service is almost 39 years. So I'm like, okay. It's been enough time. Let's try something different. Well, what's weird is John looks younger than I am and might in fact be, but to think that you've put 39 years into doing what you do, I mean, that's a career, man. That's a proper life well lived. Yeah, yeah. But again, to look at you, and I'm not trying to judge a book by its cover, if you'll pardon the pun, but I'm going to, right? (laughs) You're a library guy in the wool, and maybe more so than anybody else can lay claim to that title. To look at you with your full sleeves of tattoos, to look online and watch you throwing yourself out of a plane with way too much regularity. How many jumps do you think you've done so far? It's over a thousand. I think it's up to like a thousand forty three or something now. Again, all these things combined. And then if I was just to look at your, your social media feed and all the music you go see, most people wouldn't think librarian. They would think librarians are generally more dowdy. And while I'm certain there are librarians that fit our sort of antiquated notions of what a librarian is, would you say that that kind of vibrancy exists in a lot of librarianism? Like, I mean, are there other cool fascinating dangerous weirdos out there oh sure there is and i think there's a whole group i don't know on facebook or the internet of tattooed librarians right you know uh, yeah i mean you get all kinds of crazy people it's not all just your little bookish meek people or whatever (laughs) hey look don't be don't be don't be kink shaming uh, school moms all right some of us some (laughs) of us are really into school marion the librarian oh go on i'm gonna sing it just saying sing it (laughs) no right before we go further with john copeland and his recent musical adventures his really literally never-ending musical adventures and what's been going on and his move coming up leaving us once and for all let's hear a song you pick nick cave right here i want to know why and i want to know why this song if you don't mind yeah, well, I picked Nick Cave, first of all, because he's one of my all-time favorite artists. Uh, the very first time I ever saw him was April 1984 mm. in London, England. I was there for three months studying through the U of M, studying theater, and went out and saw tons of music as well as theater while I was there. Uh, one of the first shows, I went to the Electric Ballroom and saw Nick Cave and the Cavemen. It was shortly after that he changed the name of his band to the Bad Seeds. Right. Um, and this show, actually, you can find some of it on YouTube because some Spanish TV show was filming it. Um, but I've been a lifelong fan ever since. And I've seen him every time he's come to town. But I've also traveled to Chicago, where I often have traveled for music uh, at least three times to see Nick Cave. One of them being earlier this year when I saw Nick Cave and Warren Ellis do a fantastic show there. So you talk about what you saw him but, for the first time in 84. Does it still hold up? Do you still get the same tingly excitement and and feel the same vibe? Yeah. I mean, he's just gotten better and better. And I think back then he was still, you know, um, 
doing drugs and various things. And weren't he, you know, we he's all? Straight, he's, weren't we all? You know, he was a little wilder, but I mean, he's still wild in his performance. Um, although, I mean, he does a lot of mellow songs and some nice ballads and stuff, which is not what we're going to hear today. <laughs> um, so the thing, okay, for a couple reasons I picked this song. Um, it's called Stagger Lee. It's from his Murder Ballads album. I remember once you had a guest on here who didn't, Yes, understand that there was a genre called murder mm-hmm. ballads. It was one of the. It's one of the most intelligent friends I have in my life. His name was Paul Charchium. Yeah, uh, and he is a self-made multi-zillionaire. He is one of the most articulate, interesting, and music-adjacent people I've ever met in my life. So you know how we all have blind spots, right? But I remember it like it was happening right now. He's like, "Oh, you just throw out murder ballad like it's a genre." I'm like. No, murder ballads are a yeah. genre. The Southern Gothic, the I mean, this is Americana and Roots music at its darkest core. You go back and listen to early blues. Where did you sleep last night? I mean, yep. th- murder ballads are very, very, very real. So I'm sorry. I just, I had to jump out and nothing against my buddy, Paul. Peace to my buddy, Paul Charching, who I'll be seeing coming up this weekend. Um, but I, th- murder ballads are very real, to There's a point. huge history, and Johnny Cash did a bunch, uh-huh. and you know, all kinds Long of Black people. Long Black Veil, Delia's Gone, yeah. I mean, like all yeah. throughout his catalog. Yeah, so Nick Cave did an entire album of murder ballads, and so the uh, I believe it was called Murder Ballads. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the exact yeah, <laughs> right. And and he did, you know, there's one song a duet with PJ Harvey. There's there's a lot of cool stuff on there. This is perhaps the most obscene one on the album. Go it, on. Well, it, and so this is going to test, you know, the uncensored nature uh, nature of this podcast. Let's do it. There are lots of swears in this. There's <gasps> violence. There's other like offensive things. So I hope we're not going to offend people who will turn it off if. If you're offended, fast forward five minutes, and the next song is going to be totally different. Also, but it's a cool-ass song. I, it's a very cool-ass song, and I I don't necessarily agree with you in the sense that, like, there are things I don't enjoy. There are things that I find objectionable, right? But I feel like sitting through them once, at least endure it once to widen your perspective and your knowledge. You may come away hating the naughty, saucy, terrible, murderous, black nature of this song, but I think you'll be richer and stronger for having heard it at all. Yeah, and the other thing about this song is that when the when the Bad Seeds play concerts, at least the last few years, he usually encores with this song, or it's part of the encore mm-hmm. set, and he always invites the audience onto the stage. So if you look on YouTube and find versions, like he's literally got like a hundred people on stage with him dancing around, and he's like weaving in and out of. You know, singing this song with like half of Chicago, I thought the stage was going to collapse. <laughs> you know, security, so it's, it's always just an amazing live music moment. Security loves that when the yeah. artist invites the audience onto the stage. Security's like, <sighs> okay, yeah. So let's hear it. Yeah. It was back in 32 when times were hard. He had a Colt 45 and a deck of cards. Stagger He wore rag drawn shoes and an old Stetson hat. Had a 2840, had payments on that. Stagger I 
ice on the snow when she told him never ever come back no more.
Well, I'm not entirely certain what all that noisy racket was, but apparently <laughs> it was Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Their take on Stagger Lee here on the Brian Oak Show. You saw them earlier this year. You've seen a bazillion shows this year and all the years prior, and I'm certain that that legacy will continue. You're talking about your moving to Vermont after nearly four decades of serious work in the library sciences, something I know you've taken very seriously and has also, it's nurtured you, right? When you find something you love, it's a two-way street, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great work, and I've found some ways to tie it in with my musical interests, and yeah, so it's it's, it's been a great ride, yeah. All right, so now, and you talk about officially retiring, but I know that your work will continue, and I know that your music fandom will continue because you've gone out to Vermont where you're about to call home permanently, and then you bounce back and forth quite a bit, and I noticed because, A, we're friends, and we've talked many times before, but also you are active on social media in sharing your enthusiasm and your love and your experience at these live shows, and I think that's crucial, and you... No matter where you're bouncing around to, like, oh, I'm heading out to Vermont, but I made four stops along the way and managed to catch a show every single spot. How much time do you spend online, like, looking for shows, coordinating shows, figuring out what the next live show you're going to see is? Yeah, well, I, you know, sometimes I spend a lot of time and sometimes I just wait for, you know, I see that, you know, things pop up on Facebook that this band is playing or that band is playing. But like the thing that I did when, so we moved out of our house the end of May. Right. Thank you. Sean, Sean helped us sell our house. And, um, so we moved out and that day, um, Westy and my son Harley went and drove across country to Vermont with the Penske truck and to unload things. But I had to stay another month and a half to work. And so I made my vow cause I know that, you know, especially when winter comes and stuff, I'm not going to be seeing as much music in Vermont. It's mm-hmm. you know I'll see some, but it's not as easy. So I said I'm going to try to see live music every single day until I'm back with my family in Vermont. So I and I I succeeded. I went 53 days with seeing some yeah. form of live music every day, and only a couple a couple times I couldn't find anything real good, and I filled it in with something, and the band sucked. But th- that only <laughs> yeah. ha- that only happened like twice. But the all the other ones, you know, I saw like great. Local music, outdoor right. free music. Sometimes I go to the club. Sometimes I go to big shows. Um, it depended. And then, yeah, I, I figured out my trip across the country to to stop every place and see a show. Like I, my first stop was Chicago, and I saw Weird Al Yankovic. My second <laughs> stop was Cleveland, and I saw like a bluegrass band. And I also s- spent an extra day in Cleveland to tour the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I'd never been. I don't know any other time I'm going to be in Cleveland, so I'm like, i got to see this place. Yeah. And-, and it was great, wasn't it? Yeah. My daughter went there not too long ago. She lost her mind there and took pictures of literally, literally everything, and she's like, Dad, before you die or before I die, hopefully both, we're going together, because she said... You're, There's so much if, stuff, if so you're much. A, if you're a music nerd... you know, or if you're a fan of popular music or recorded music or live music... It may seem like a cheeseball thing to do, but it also, she said, you're never going to see a collection of these kind of artifacts or history ever in one place. That is genuinely amazing. There's so much, I spent like five, six hours. There. Yeah. And they got this big um, like video experience. You go into this thing and then it's like super loud and surround in this huge screen. And they're showing all these different highlights from like their the induction ceremonies and stuff. And like each band or whatever got like, you know, 
15 seconds on there and it's a lot of cool stuff right but then it ends with prince while my guitar gently weeps guitar solo and oh. they show like the whole thing like he gets like three minutes at the wow. end because that was so mind-blowing well, it's one of the greatest that. performances yeah. of all time right? yeah <laughs> and then at the end literally without thinking about it i don't care that you know there's this apocryphal rumor that he just threw it out there and people grabbed it i'm sure he had someone out there catching it and retrieving it but the way he unexpectedly and effortlessly after absolutely melting everyone's face <laughs> with that guitar solo just whips it off and throws it into the yeah. audience turns around and walks off the stage the end so very prince yeah exactly yeah, yeah so, he, he's always doing that uh, you sent us sean and i a um a little <laughs> attachment on the email prior to this saying hey here are the bands i've seen so far in 2022 now sean as i saw i know that you saw it as well yeah this is an eight-page document, so I, w- I would like to go over the highlights, but it, it's too much. It's Los Lobos. It's Dessa. It's Parquet Courts. It's Madhu Mokhtar, which I can only imagine was freaking brilliant. Billie Eilish. Seven seconds. Circle. I mean, Poppy. I, there, there, there's not a good spot for me to kind of like, oh, that's worth mentioning. That You have seen so much music. Where, and this is going to be an important question, kind of a weird one, and maybe there's not a clear answer. Your dedication to seeing this much live music, obviously you enjoy music. Most of us do, right? I mean, well, at least a lot of people who listen to this show, and Sean and I enjoy live music, and we've seen a ton of it ourselves. <laughs> but nothing quite as comprehensive as your approach to seeing live music where do you think that comes from at what point did you realize i would rather go see live music than do because there are days where i'm like well i just i told you you just went to see gary newman on sunday and i'm killing i'm kicking myself for not going (laughs) but it was the end of a long weird weekend and i just wanted to lay on the couch and pet my cat you've never made that choice you go out and see music constantly what do you think that comes from? What is the wellspring or the inspiration for you to be this almost freakishly devoted to the live music experience? I, I mean, I've just been that way all my entire life. Um, I mean, my first concert was in 1974 when I was 10 years old. Your mom took you to Yeah, show, she took you? me to Steely Dan with mm-hmm. Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show. And, you know, later that year, she took me to Elton John and, you know, at wow. his prime in 74. You These know. are big shows. And big shows, yeah. And then, you know, I started going with my friends. And my first uh, show at First Avenue was 1980 when I was 15 and BSed my way in the door uh-huh. and saw the Ramones at First <gasps> Avenue. So I've been Shut going up. You saw the Ramones at First Avenue. Yeah, I saw them there more than once, but the very wow. first concert was the Ramones in 1980. I'm sorry I interrupted you and told you to shut up. I want you to do the opposite. Please keep talking. Um, yeah, so I just kept, you know, ever since then, and like in the 80s, I had my radio show on KFAI, and then I'd get on the guest list for lots of shows, and I'd be able to interview lots of local bands as well as the touring bands. I mean... We talked the first time I was on about how I got to interview the Dead Kennedys twice and right. Butthole Surfers and bands like that. But then I had a lot of, the, you know, I had Cows on my show and Babes in Toyland and Husker Du three times. And, you know, what? so it was just opened up all these. <laughs> so I've just been a music nut my whole life. And I've maybe been, you know, even more obsessive about it this year just because I know that, I, you know, it's not going to be quite as easy out in Vermont. And so, like, and especially when I'm away from my family and, you know don't need to be seeing them because I can't. They're across the country. So right, I'm like, I'm going right. to see as much music as I can. So, yeah. I just, I think for a lot of people, when we start to achieve a certain age, right, that um, 
it's easier to find reasons to not go, and you have gone out of your way to find reasons to go. And I find that deeply inspirational. I love living vicariously through you. Again, I just, I'm, I'm looking, this is an eight-page document. Nerdy, Charlie Parr, Roe Family Singers, Eleganza, Thelma and the Sleaze, Lolo's Ghost, you've apparently seen way too many times this year. Who, <laughs> where did you see Pucifer? Uh, that was at the Palace. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, because Maynard is a weird dude, right? And yeah. Maynard's normally used to doing Tool and A Perfect Circle. I've always wondered what a Pucifer show would look like. It was really interesting because, you know, it was different than his other show. I haven't seen ever seen Tool, but I've seen pictures and heard about it and stuff. Right. But this one, like, he's dressed up like, you know, special agent. And, you know, there's the thing with aliens. And there's, I, I don't even yeah. understand the whole thing. But um, <laughs> but it was a backstory. Is what but it was saying. interesting. Yeah. He's got a whole concept behind it. But it was an interesting show, and he's one of these guys that you know absolutely know if you get caught filming the show, you will be kicked out. Oh yeah. So I didn't get to film it like as I do a lot of shows. Right. Um, except for the last song, he says now you can take out your stupid phones, and you know, so he lets you film one song at the end. So, okay. So I got that. All right. But um, yeah, that was a that was kind of a fun show. I'm just I'm looking at I mean it, and, it ranges it goes the gamut, man. You saw Rod Stewart this year. You've seen Cheap Trick this year. You saw the Linda Lindas this year. You saw Japanese Breakfast. You you saw Mitski, you saw Weird Al Yankovic, as you referenced earlier, X, Roger Waters, Nora Jones. So, I mean, you're seeing the big ones, Run the Jewels, Lady Gaga. What <laughs> I like is that you're, and again, I'm barely scratching the surface of this eight-page document. Yeah. It's freakish. Low Cut Connie are one of my favorite live bands of all time. I, 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 just the piano work alone is very Elton John-esque, but the, in a modern interpretation. Their show at the fair was amazing. I mean, that was like a free show at the fair. Right. And I, I happened to like go over to the stage like early because I knew I had friends who were there. And all of a sudden, like Adam comes out and he's just like chatting with everybody and taking photos. So I went over and met him and, yeah. and got a photo with him and stuff. But and then, that's and then, him. I've met that guy a couple times. Yeah. And he is incredibly... For what a, what a glorious exhibitionist freak he is on stage in person he's just a regular cool open guy yeah he's so fun and then i went back and saw the show and so much energy and he did a couple prince covers i think they usually do america and cream right. and well he does a mashup of cream going into t-rex's bang a gong and yeah that was fun tasty and, I, and <laughs> you know at the beginning of the year before stuff really started picking up there was like at the driftwood they'd have bands that had residencies so that's why like uh i ended up seeing lolo's ghost because they would play there like every thursday mm -hmm. right so it, you know if nothing else is going on i'll stop in and see lolo's ghost or i'll stop in and see saint dominic's trio on tuesday or mm -hmm. whatever right so you know i like to see lots of local bands but also the big shows and the medium shows what what your approach to seeing music does i think is an important reminder for everybody you know, most nights, like, I'm getting old, and I'm like, yeah, I get up at 4 a.m., I'm staying in. But on those nights where you get a wild hair, literally there's not a single night of the week that there's not something to mm -hmm. go out and see. There's music all of the time. And this summer in particular, because everybody's back out now trying to get back on the road, trying to make their money, trying to do their thing, there's been almost too much live music. I'm sure there have been nights where you've had to make a, a difficult choice or try to split the middle, and I'm, I'm going to go see part of this show and part of that show. I've done both. I've I've had nights where it's just like, I can't, there's too many good things going on, i got to make a decision. And I have had nights where I've seen like one show, and they, you know the times are staggered, and I go see another. Um but yeah, and just this past weekend, I uh, 
like I went to Chicago to see Lil Nas X because our entire I see your T-shirt. Our entire like family loves him, and so I'm I saw him in Chicago, and my family's seeing him next week in Boston. Fabulous, <laughs> Westy and Harley. Um, and, but then I took the early flight back because I had to get to Gary Newman, you know. And now I'm back for a few more days. God. But but there were times in Vermont even when I bit off more than I could chew, and I did have to cancel. Like I had a ticket to see Jack White in Portland, Maine. Go I love Jack White. Me too. But it was like right before I was coming back to Minneapolis, and it was going to be too much driving. Yep. And also like I was going to see Wilco, and I had to cancel that because I was just like scheduling way too many shows. But that's I did. A, that but doesn't I did, sound like you, John. But I did get to New York City, and that's where I saw like Lady Gaga and. Yeah. Uh, Rage Against the Machine and Run the Jewels. And I went down to Massachusetts and saw Elvis Costello and Nick Lowe. And, you know, and there are shows in Burlington. And there's little local music festivals in Vermont, like that the whole family goes to and has a good time. We saw Burning Spear. And there's a cool club in Burlington that we saw Burning Spear. Okay, at. Now, now you're just bragging. All right, John. <laughs> now, now you're just showing off. Before we go any further with John Copeland, our guest, let's get another song in right here. I know. Precious little about Orville Peck. Tell me who Orville Peck is. Okay, so Orville Peck is a is a country. He's country music, right? Um, and he's he's very openly gay, and he also um, he kind of disguises himself. Some people kind of can't get past that. He wears like a cowboy hat, and he's got this little fringe thing that goes down, like the mask over yeah, his face. I've seen that face. before. All right, but he does. You know, he does absolutely wonderful um, music, and uh, you know, it's country, but it's it's cool. I and so I got to see him live this year at First Avenue. Yeah, fantastic show. He did a cover of the Replacements' "Can't Hardly Wait" wow. for the encore, which you know I put up on YouTube and stuff. Um, but he's great. And so also like with my kid, like uh, my son, we we bond on music a, a, a lot. Right. And so. I mean, you may have heard me like the very first time I was on the show talk about seeing music with my daughter. Right. Well, it you know, it's out. He's openly trans and queer and everything like that. So I thought, well, he'd like Orville Pet. You know, we like artists that have that representation. Yeah. And um, the cool thing about Harley, he's one of the like coolest human beings on, yeah. the, in, on the planet. I mean, he's just got a sense of style and yeah. the music and everything. And so he loves like we talked about the K-pop the first time I was on. Yep. Also loves heavy metal, made me take him to Slipknot, and he went with me to see Ghost and, you know, all these other bands. We're going to go, the whole family is going to go see the kick-ass Italian band Monoskin in Boston in November. Winners of the but, Eurovision, or the the, the, the the Eurovision Song Award. Right, and that, I was almost going to pick a Monoskin song to play today, too, but, but ended up with different ones. But he loves all different kinds of music, and even before I introduced him to Orville Peck, um, he started, like, putting together... A country playlist on Spotify and actually, and you know, what? how many 16-year-olds like heavy metal, K-pop, and country? So I turned him on to uh, Orville Peck, and he just loves Orville Peck. So, um, you know, we, 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 we love it, and this is one of our favorite songs off the Bronco album, Lafayette. Hurry over and cry, Lafayette. Oh, 
weil You said Words didn't matter It's once in your head But if you don't ask Then you're bound not to guess Still I know what you said wasn't wrong I can't turn a corner Last born son, yeah, loaded gun. You know, I recall somebody saying there ain't no cowboys left. They ain't met me. They ain't met you, Lafayette. March away, Lafayette. I hear it takes years for the heart to reset. Born son, yeah, loaded gun. You know, I recall somebody saying there ain't no cowboys left. What I like about Orville Peck, and now that you played that song, I remember his voice. I looked up a couple images online. I do know him, not intimately, not well. But what I like is Orville Peck is doing the kind of music that Orville Peck wants to do. There's a, uh, an almost, it's almost an homage to old school country, but there's nothing ironic about it. There's nothing silly about it. There's nothing embarrassing about it. It feels genuine. It feels real. And I know that you saw Orville live earlier this year. I'm assuming that that's the same case in person. Oh yeah, he was fantastic in person, and he has you know performed with some big country stars and right. and stuff like that. And you know, people who have delved into, you know, it's not hard to figure out like who he really is. But right. you know, it's kind of you, you you like to keep up with the persona. But apparently, he did. You know, he used to be a drummer in a punk rock band. Mm-hmm. Oh, and when he introduced playing "Can't Hardly Wait," he was talking about how much he loves Minnesota music, and he's like, "Well, Prince, of course, but I was a huge Babes in Toyland fan." Go on. And then his favorite band of all time is The Replacements, and yeah. so that's why, or one of his favorite, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he seems to really know a lot about different music and stuff. Well, and I mean, I think a lot of us you know assume and in too many cases rightly so in the hip-hop community and the country community it's changing slowly but overall being queer is not 
an access to a, a, a quick path. It's not widely accepted with open arms, right? I mean, the, and I guess even in rock and roll, I guess you can pick any genre of music you want, but slowly but surely there are a handful of people that are moving the steps forward and being queer, as we all know, it's fine. I want people to be who they are. I want everyone alive right now. Anybody who's ever heard my voice and the people who never have, I want them to be comfortable in their own skin. Whatever whatever road that takes, however long it takes, there's nothing wrong with being queer. Yeah, and that's why it's great that there's people like Orville Peck who are just like completely open. I mean, he sings songs about love songs with men, you know, yeah. which is, it. you know, back years ago, you, you wouldn't do that. And then like Lil Nas X, that's another thing we love about him. He's just like so openly queer and he's got like all male dancers oh, yeah. and, and the show he puts on is is amazing, but he's like very much. You well, know, in that last video he put out, I mean, if if country music thought they were mad at him prior to that video, they're mad at him for sure. <laughs> Before we continue our conversation with John Copeland, we are going to talk a little bit with this guy named Sean Bernard. He uh, he hangs around here quite a bit. He likes to make himself <laughs> at home in the Smart Start MN Studios. Uh, we go back a little ways, and in addition to his highly glamorous responsibilities here as part of the Brian Oak Show, he's also a realtor for Edina Realty. 50th in France location. What's the haps, Daddy? You know what? I had this crazy surge of business this weekend, and I just, I always stop down and say, I'm thankful for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was uh, it was a zoo from Friday morning until Sunday at four during the Viking game. Um, it was just crazy. I just had tons of showings and then wrote offers and then on, and another property accepted an offer after reviewing offers and going, you know, with the client and all that, but tons of paperwork, but all in all, I was just like, I'm so grateful for this. The interest rates have gone up slightly, um, but I think there's some people who are just like, well, at least I'm not paying forty grand over asking. Well, and people yeah. were scared for a while, right? They're like, I they can were. sell and make <laughs> real so money, funny. but if I don't have anywhere to live, I'm not going to make a tenth yeah. out of dollar bills, yeah. right? I mean, people were spooked, and now that it's regulated a little bit, it's probably people are approaching it with a little more okay, now's the time. Yeah, yeah. What's funny, then this we had a sales meeting this morning and they showed us Google Trends and it showed when the rates went up, how the activity went down for a few days right. and then it went right back up again. Yep. People, If you were thinking about moving a year ago, like this time of the year, you're still probably going to do it. So I can help you with the buy or the sell, uh, any of that stuff. And uh, I will care about you through the process. We'll probably laugh quite a bit because... That's part of what I do is I'm a goofy, silly person. He's he's somewhere between Shecky Green and Soupy Sales. You're going to love working (laughs) with Sean. It's not always comic gold, as Brian will tell you. (laughs) But I do like to keep people laughing through the process because, man alive, it can be stressful. So anyway, if you know of somebody that's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. So thankful for uh, John and his wife, Westy, and their family for Asking them to, uh, you know, to help sell their home after many, many years of living there. So they had just had a fantastic house, and it it's was, a gorgeous house. Yeah. I know. I mean, I've been in there a few times it myself. Sold pretty quickly, if memory serves. Wasn't it? it was, yeah, no, it was a very smooth process. Yeah. We really lucked out on that, and well, it, not all luck, you know, with your skill and everything else. But it was a great, uh, it was a great uh, experience. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah, mm-hmm. we donated. Uh, what did you pay John to say that? 
$26, but we donated, nice. we donated to uh, Venus to Mars. Venus, yep, yep. Well yeah. done. So yeah. pretty cool. Another, another excellent choice. All right. Uh, thank you, Sean. And thanks yeah, to Audio Equip as well for providing everything that we have in this studio in terms of audio equipment so that it sounds like a proper podcast as opposed to, say, something three teenagers doing on their iPhones down in the basement. <laughs> John, we don't have a lot of time left. I want to ask, you know, in addition to being a lifelong librarian, a lifelong music fan, a diehard live music supporter, a crucial part of this community, we're going to lose you in a couple of days. I know it's not the last time we're ever going to see you, but, you know, you're heading out to a new life and a new start. Um, a big part of who you are and what you do, though, is jumping out of airplanes with a parachute on your back, which I think marks you as a complete madman. You and serial killers are on the same page for me. <laughs> I, I can't get my head around why anyone would ever do it, but I know the people who love it, love it. And I know your wife, Westy, also feels the same way. You've done it together a lot. You've each done it alone a lot. Who got there first? Who who pulled the other one into the skydiving world? Well, it, it started out being my idea. Yeah. I said, like, um, I, well, I told her that I wanted to do a tandem skydive sometime, and she said... And where did that come from? What sort of mad suicidal nature? Why would you? You're, you're standing know. on perfectly good flat ground the, right the now. The idea, like, what, uh, so when I was in grad school, one of my friends had a bachelor party that I couldn't go to because yeah. I was in grad school. Right. And apparently they all went skydiving or something. So the idea had been in my head, but then I just thought, you know, bucket list thing, let's try this out. And so we scheduled it and, uh, and we did it. And the first time she kind of liked it, but she also got kind of nauseous. Yeah, I guess. And, but, you know, and, she quickly got over that and I, I said that's great let's do it again and then we eventually met the people and said hello we'll, we'll go through the student program and yeah blah 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 so we started up together um but it now she's got way more skydives than i am and she's uh, she's you know I, i'm not embarrassed to say she's a more talented skydiver than i am and she, what does and that mean she, so right there for those of us who have never jumped out of a plane before and i never will i promise you as long as i live not with a gun to my head <laughs> um when you say more talented does that mean ability to maneuver for the air does it mean what is it what do you mean a more talented skydiver well yeah because you do like formation dives and stuff with yeah. you know four people or sometimes eight people or you know, you can go where you do like a way, James Bond thing where you put your arms behind you and dive down faster <laughs> oh yeah, or oh, you do the spins oh, and all kinds the, of stuff and, and you do formations and stuff. And she's she's just because she's been skydiving more lately. Uh-huh. I'm a little bit more uncurrent because I've been doing all this music stuff and yeah. working and and um, but we have skydived uh, three times. And uh, when I was back in Vermont, three times we went. There's a beautiful little drop zone we go and and wonderful people. And we've skydived there. There's actually a pilot who who um, does stunt plane stuff, and Harley got to do a stunt plane ride. And oh my god! Do barrel rolls in the plane, and stuff. Oh my so god. we found like a beautiful place. But so yeah, we're both still into it. I'm going to try to get back more regularly into well, it. That was my whole question: but, is you're uh, moving to a different area, and I just wondered, like, is there a, I guess, for lack of a better term, because I don't know how it works, skydiving scene in vermont but you will have places to go you'll have good jump zones you know people and apparently now you're going to start doing barnstorming as well and barrel rolls and ridiculous biplane stunt stupidity i'm sorry i'm not (laughs) trying to insult you but i just like let me ask you a question sean if someone said hey free of charge i'll take you on an old school biplane stunt flight where we're going to do barrel rolls never we're going to do barnstorming ever we're going to fly under a bridge. Ever. We're going to go and do four loop-de-loops in a row. Ever. And then we're going to bring it up and drop it into a stall, fall towards the earth, and then pull it out at the last minute because that's awesome. 
Would, yeah. I mean, but in all sincerity, would you do that? Never, ever. Not ever. for money. And I, and I am somebody that hey, I don't disparage other people for doing it. Oh Good God, for you. no. Good for you if I that gives awe, you a charge, but. I'm like, but Oof. But I just, I know. I like I'm not, I don't have the constitution for it. I'll just, it's about me that I can't, I couldn't handle it. So. I, Harley I, loved it. I, I, <laughs> really? Of course he did. Of course he did. But I mean, I'm the kind of person who likes to keep most of the poop inside my body. <laughs> me too. Until I'm on a toilet. Yeah, and you are that, foolish. That wouldn't be, you got that right. <laughs> that would not be the case there. Well, I'm glad that you will not be shy for adventure in your new uh, endeavor here. Uh, you'll still be able to get and see some music. You know, it's not like you're oh, moving yeah. up to Newfoundland or anything right Right. and you'll still be able to get out there um i know that you were retiring officially from minnesota's library system which you've been a part of for almost four decades will you continue to work when you get out there do you think yes i plan on it i'm you know we've got you know fair number of expenses and there's health care and there's this and that of course so uh, you know i will have some pension from the library but not enough so yeah i eventually um, and hopefully pretty soon we'll find work out there um, of some sort. I'm looking at library jobs, but if I can't find a library job, I'll find something at least part time, you know, to help out with that. So shoeing horses, shearing sheep, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, who knows? Yeah. That's, that, now see, that is a little more my speed. I'm not good jumping out of a plane, but I'd shear sheep right now. Before you go, I just want to say thank you, and it's thank you for all you've done to promote local. Twin Cities music. You've also promoted national bands and everything else, but you have done remarkable work and saying yes and showing up and going to concerts and telling people that you're there and promoting the hell out of local artists. So thank you for that. I know you're not dying. You're just moving away. Right. (laughs) But I think it's important just to say thank you because with all those shows, you don't just go to the shows. You tell everybody about the shows. You promote the artists. You even do clips of songs sometimes to get people into them. Yeah, you introduce yeah. people to tons of different musicians. So thank you for that. Well, yeah, you, good luck. To you, you remind people that we live in this impossibly vibrant place, right? Mm-hmm. And I also want to thank you. If I can just piggyback on him mm-hmm. before you take all the accolades, um, <laughs> is, and which you should, <laughs> yeah. is I want to celebrate your work in promoting literacy because yes. I don't think that libraries are dying, but like many things in the world, with the proliferation of the internet, right? A lot of the standard forms of media that we had come to know and that we all grew up with have been challenged. It doesn't mean it has to go away, but the nature of how people consume it and how they do it and what they do changes. You know, people ask me all the time, why are you still working at a record store now that you're back on the radio? And I always, and I think of you often because I always say, imagine if books were your favorite thing in the world and you worked at a library. You'd, mm-hmm. you, it wouldn't matter what they fucking paid you. You'd show up for free, you know? I mean, well, maybe not for free, but you know what I mean. If, if you love something, you can't not do it. And so I just, I love the musical aspect, like Sean just said. Mm-hmm. I love the literacy aspect of that. I still think you're an abject, crazy person for jumping out of airplanes. Um, but we do owe you a debt of gratitude, man. Thank you. Well, yeah, yeah, thank you. And, you know, I'll still be around, like, I, I've already been roped into... Uh, you know, these vinyl revival album encounters that I've promoted a couple on the show in the past. Mm-hmm. Well, next month I'm going to be in Vermont, but they asked me, they, they decided they're going to do something for the whatever anniversary of Prince's 1999. And so that's my favorite Prince. 40 record. year. I think it's probably the 40, 40 year. year. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, 83, 83 and so yeah. they asked me to come on via Zoom or whatever from Vermont and and help talk about the album as a Prince expert. And so I'll still be participating in some of these like library programs and stuff like that, you know, just remotely or however it works. So and come back on via Zoom when the book's out. 
Oh you, yeah, yeah. Who done. knows? That yeah. might take some time, but we're, we're just we, saying down there. We're road. definitely yeah. And when it gets to be cold winter and we are inside all the time, we're probably going to get back to working on the book. So yeah. so much going on. Well, do me uh, two favors. Um, promise to honor the fact that you will come back and join us again at the not too distant future. Sure. Yeah. Like when you know when I'm when I'm back on vacation or we consume it. You know, either one is fine. Two. Don't die jumping out of a plane. I'll try not to. I would really appreciate <laughs> yeah, that, John. Yeah. I've come to enjoy your face and your company. John Copeland, he is leaving us for Vermont, but he's not going to be gone forever, and we are better for having known him and having had him be here. And follow him on social media because the guy's still going to go out to shows way more <laughs> often than anybody else you know, and he's a pretty good judge of taste. We do have to go, John. Uh, mm-hmm. But before we say our goodbye here, you've picked one more song, and Roxy Music, obviously unassailable and wonderful. I want to know why Roxy Music matters to you and why this song in particular. Yeah, well, I've never seen Roxy Music live before. I did see Brian Ferry uh, solo at the Palace a couple few years ago before COVID, and he put on a magnificent show. He was really good. Um, And I've heard people speak in awe about, like, uh, I guess Roxy played Northrop Auditorium at some point or something, and everyone's just like, that show was amazing. So they're having i think it's their 50th anniversary or something they're they're on tour now um and it's like four of the original members it's brian ferry phil phil manzanera i forget all their names just not eno right e- everybody but eno. eno eno's off doing his own thing of course but so tomorrow actually is the, this is the last day i'm in minneapolis uh, tomorrow i'm taking the train to chicago yep. for riot fest because i go to riot fest every year and I found out that Roxy Music was playing the day after Riot Fest, right. their own show in Chicago. So I'm like, I'm going to extend my trip one extra day <laughs> because I have to see Roxy Music. St. Vincent, <gasps> oh, Vincent is opening. Stop it. Yeah. So, you know, Annie Clark is to me a modern day David Bowie, not in that she sounds like David Bowie and not that she needs to be compared to a man in the sense that she is utterly fearless in reinvention. She's never put out two records that sounded exactly the same. And every time everybody thinks they know what she's about, she almost confrontationally changes what she's doing. I live in awe of Annie Clark. That's St. Vincent. As excited I am for you to see Roxy Music, I've never seen St. Vincent, and I would love to. Neither have I, so I'm going to see both of them for the first time. And, uh, you know, local music, another local music person, Paul Engebretson, he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. We're going to hook up and say hi. And, you know, so it's going to be a good. And then the day after that, boom, back to Vermont. And that's that. Well, happy travels to you, man. And I hope you enjoy Riot Fest, as I know you will, and continue to enjoy all live music. But again, my last request, my only request, I ask nothing of you. Don't die falling out of a plane. Okay. No, I won't. But yeah, and so I picked this song. It's it's actually the first song on the first Roxy Music album. Um, some of their, you know, everybody knows Love is the Drug, Avalon, more than this. This is one might not be as familiar to casual people, but it's early Roxy music, and apparently they're opening the, the shows with, with this song, Remake, Remodel.